Bokertov Darchenoam. We interrupt our regular halacha sheer content in order to bring us the halachot of the three weeks. Shiva Sarbet Tammuz is coming up, and we want to talk about the halachot pertaining to the three weeks leading up to uh, the nine days leading up to Tishabav, which we'll cover Bezrat Hashem over the next few weeks or so. So let's start with the three weeks. I'm going to be working from my own notes and going from there. So the period starting with the Shiva Sarbat okay, and ending with Tishabav, are called the three weeks. They happen to be three exact weeks and are also referred to in the literature as Bain HaMitzarim, okay, between, uh, the, which is an expression taken from the Megillah and Echa that we read on Tishabav, and it means, Bain HaMitzarim means between the tragedies, that is, this period is the three weeks between the tragedies that occurred on the 17th of Tammuz and those that occurred on Tishabav. And that makes the entire three-week period a period of national mourning for Am Yisrael. Now, starting with the 17th of Tammuz, there were five major tragedies that occurred historically. First one was already back in the Midbar. When the days were in the Midbar, as the Chumash tells us, 40 days after Matan Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai, and upon seeing the Egel HaZahav, the golden calf, he broke the Luchot Habrit. If we calculate 40 days after Matan Torah, which is on the 6th of Sivan, that brings us to the 17th of Tammuz. So the, on the 17th of Tammuz, his Moshe Rabbeinu came down, saw the Egel HaZahav, and broke the, the Luchot. And of course, that was a big tragedy in the whole tragedy of the Egel HaZahav. So that's one tragedy. Now, in the days leading to the destruction of the first Beit HaMikdash, okay, another tragedy was the offering of the Korban Tamid was suspended on the 17th of Tammuz. They tried to offer the Korban Tamid, and, uh, but they had to depend on their enemies, and at a certain point, there was no longer uh, Korbanat to offer, and that was on the 17th of Tammuz. So too, in the days leading to the destruction of the, uh, of the, uh, of the uh, second Beit HaMikdash, there were three tragic events that happened on the 17th of Tammuz. That's uh, the walls of Shalim were penetrated, the Sefer Torah was burnt, and an idol was set up in the Kodesh Kodeshim, the Holy of Holies. So, once again, five tragedies, that of the Egla Zahav during the Midbar, that of the suspension of the Korban Tabit in the first Beit HaMikdash, and the second Beit HaMikdash, three tragedies, the walls of Yerushalayim were penetrated by the enemy, Sefer Tor was burnt, and an idol was set up in the Kodesh Kodeshim, the Holy of Holies. Now, this fast of the 17th of Tammuz is rabbinic fast, like all our, our fasts, with the exception of Yom Kippur. And with the exception of Yom Kippur and Dishabav, this fast starts only at Amud HaShachar, when Halachic Day kicks in, it goes until Tzedek Chavim, until Halachic Night. Now the main prohibitions on Shiva Sarbat Tammuz are eating and drinking. However, the spirit of the fast is really to examine our deeds and resolve to undergo tshuva in the areas where we need to do tshuva. On the 17th of Tammuz, we say Slichot in the morning, uh, right after the Shmon Esrei, special Slichot for Shiva Sarbat Tammuz. Okay, we have the regular changes in the davening uh, for Shachrit and uh, Mincha, which uh, we explain at the time. So Shachrit Mincha, the, the changes that we have in davening, special Kriya, reading the Torah for a fast day, and uh, and again, well, that'll be explained at the proper time. Now, in terms of the halacha ramification of this being a national a period of national mourning, the three weeks can actually be divided up into four separate periods, and the degree of mourning ramps up as we move from one period to another. 
So they are first period of the least amount of mourning, but still some, from the 17th of Tammuz itself until, but not including Rosh Chodesh Av. Okay, so from the 17th of Tammuz until, but not Rosh, including Rosh Chodesh Av. Then Rosh Chodesh starts the period we call the nine days. This period is subdivided in two parts. From Rosh Chodesh Av, including Rosh Chodesh, until, but not including Shabbat, the following Shabbat. And then from Sunday of, of the next week, until uh, which, in which Tisha B'Av occurs, until, but not including Tisha B'Av itself. So again, that second period it has two sub-periods, from Rosh Chodesh Av until, and not including the Shabbat that follows. And from the Sunday following the Shabbat until Tisha B'Av itself, but not including Tisha B'Av itself. That second one is concerned, is called in the literature Shavua Shechalbo, the week in which Tisha B'Av itself falls into. For example, let's say an example where Tisha B'Av is on a Thursday, that means Rosh Chodesh Av was on the previous Wednesday, hence the first period would be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of that first week. <coughs> Shabbat is never included in the morning, as uh, we don't do any uh, morning on Shabbat. And the second period, Shavua will be Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday of the next week. That's as an example. Now, if Tisha B'Av comes out on a Sunday, then basically Shavua Shechalbo does not exist that year. So if Tisha B'Av comes on a Shabbat and is pushed off to Sunday, once again, Shavua Shechalbo does not exist that year. And the final period of this morning is Tisha B'Av itself, which we'll talk about more in detail when we get there, Bezrat Hashem. Okay, so let's go back and talk about the restrictions during that first period, i.e. from Shivas Arbatamus until, but not including, Rosh Chodesh Av. Now, notice these restrictions are upon Ashkenazim only. Spartim are much more mekel uh, during the three weeks. And therefore, he wants you to consult his, his local Sephardi posseg to get the details for 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 the uh, Sephardim. But for Ashkenazim, we're more strict at this time. Okay, we do not have, not have any weddings during this time. One can get engaged, what we call engaged, okay, which is really more uh, a mishudach, if you want to give the Hebrew term. Uh, even have a vort with a suda but there's no dancing or music with instruments. And whatever one was knowing in Sefirat Omer for not having listening to music or things like that, one should be even more strict during this period of time. You are allowed to sing during this time. One should avoid a situation that requires a brach of Shechianu. Hence, do not purchase new garments. Okay? Um, one should not wear new garments. Okay? Now, this that last one does not apply to undergarments. One can wear new undergarments. Okay? One should avoid eating a new fruit during this time, or else delay eating the new fruit until Shabbat, and on Shabbat you can make the Shech Yanu. We don't have haircuts, we don't shave during this time. One can cut his nails, okay, fingernails, toenails during this time. Every Shabbat during this time, there are, yeah, we have a special Haftorah that recognizes the three weeks. In the first Shabbat we read uh, the Haftorah of Divrei Yirmiyahu, from obviously Yirmiyahu. Okay, the second Shabbat is Shimu Dvar Hashem, which also comes from Yirmiyahu. And the third one, the most famous one, is, is, called, is, is Chazon Yishayahu. Okay, we be, we, the, we the start of Sefer Yishayahu and the Shabbat before Tisha B'Av, that's when it's read. This Shabbat is actually called Shabbat Chazon because of that special Haftorah. One more restriction during this time, they say in the literature that during this time, a Rebbe should not hit a Talmud. A Rebbe should not hit a Talmud, now, the question is, can we make a diuk on that for the rest of the year? Okay, that, I leave that up to you. I wish everybody a wonderful day.